Welcome, everybody, to the Ryan Chrissy Podcast. I'm Ryan Chrissy. Thanks for joining me on this adventure. Uh, this is this is going to be fun. Not really sure where it's going to take us or take me, but I think that's kind of the point. Uh, stepping out of uh, stepping out of my comfort zone and, and really doing something that I've been interested in doing for a long time. Uh, a little bit about myself: I have been a special education teacher for 16 years at Glenbard South High School in Glen Ellen, Illinois, and that's in the western suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I uh, I also coach football and track there, and I've been doing that for for 18 years. But I started coaching football when I was in college at St. Francis High School in Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, the last six years, I've been uh, the head football coach at Glenbard South, and uh, I, I was the head uh, track coach for for the girls' side for a few years. And now I'm just back to back to coaching shot put and discus uh, for the boys. Uh, from the uh, academic standpoint, I currently teach in a um, small group class, a self-contained class for students with uh, emotional and behavioral disabilities. But I have uh, I have taught uh, students with intellectual disabilities, students with behavior, uh, uh, specific learning disabilities, I'm sorry there. Uh, and I've taught in every classroom environment, from a co-talk classroom to a small group setting, self-contained classes. Um, but my passion is really working with the students that I work with now. And, uh, you know, they're really smart kids. Uh, they're, they're a blast to be around. And, and you know, and obviously in today's capacity to kind of log in and, and do our live Zoom classes with them, uh, which is definitely different. And we'll we'll get into that for sure. But, um, you know, these these are students uh, who need some assistance. And these are and these are students that uh, that are smarter than all get out. Uh, but there's some things that get in the way. Uh, and, and they have in, incredibly supportive families that want them to be successful. And I'm really an extension of them, and and I'm going to utilize my my passion for helping others uh, to help them pave their path and figure out what they want to do. I, I don't think it's my position to say you are going to do this or you are not going to do that once you graduate high school. I think it's my responsibility to uh, to provide these young people with every opportunity, tool, resource that um, that I can find and that I can connect them with. To help build up, uh, to help build themselves up, and help them figure out what they want to do and pursue once they graduate high school. Uh, and from the athletic standpoint, you know, uh, football uh, is a major part of my life, and, and, and track is too. But especially football, uh, I'm I'm definitely football obsessed. Um, maybe um, maybe sometimes, obviously, in season, you know, I get a little little uh, bigger than my britches when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to football, you know, I get inundated with that. And in in the last few years, I've been trying to strike the balance between family um, and and coaching, and and obviously with my teaching responsibilities. But on this podcast, uh, we're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about the world of education uh, specifically. You know, we'll we'll bring in teachers. We're going to bring in hopefully some experts, people I know, and hopefully people I don't know. We'll definitely talk about athletics uh, from. Uh, talking about football and and talking to coaches about their programs and you know offense defense recruiting, uh, but the goal is to provide everyone with some perspectives on on different things that may they may know about or you know and and things that they may not know and bring in people that you know that 
that may not work directly in the schools or work directly in the in the athletic programs, but definitely have influence on them uh, from from different standpoints. And I'm hoping to uh, share as many ideas and thoughts as we can and bring in um, people to have conversations and debates. And I'm not always going to agree with people with what they say and and uh, people aren't going to agree with me. But I think that's the point is to be able to have um, an engaging conversation uh, in which sometimes we agree and sometimes we don't agree. And that's OK, because I think uh, in, in today's um, day and time, I think it's important to have those conversations and understand that we're trying to do this for something more than just um, more than just me or you. It's really it's really for the kids and in, in, in helping these young um, men and women uh, create a plan for themselves and help them be successful. Uh, my first guest that I'm going to have on is uh, Brian Melvin. Brian Melvin is the head football coach and he is a school counselor at Burlington Central High School in Burlington, Illinois. Uh, Brian's a great is a great man. Uh, he's passionate about football. Uh, he's he's passionate about um, uh, about the students that he works with in the counseling department. And uh, he's just a great guy, and I really look forward to uh, to to you guys listening to what he has to say. Enjoy. All right, so I got Brian Melvin here from Burlington Central High School uh, up in Burlington, Illinois. He's a high school guidance counselor and a head football coach, and one of my good friends. And I'm I'm glad he's joining us here on the on the very first uh, Ryan Christie podcast. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy what, what we got to say. Ryan, tell us a little Thank bit. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Yeah, this is awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, man. How, how did you, how did you kind of get into this path of education and, and, and coaching? <laughs> yeah, so my, well, it's one of the reasons I became a counselor uh, when I did get into education. Uh, I chose the counseling realm because I didn't want students to take the path that I did because it was long and hard and I made a ton of mistakes. Uh, I, uh, I am Italian Catholic. I have a million cousins and a million aunts and uncles and, and I was the first one to ever go to college uh, in my family. So I'm you know, considered first generation. Uh, I did go to North Park College right out of high school. Uh, kind of a funny story. I didn't even know where North Park was, um, the day of my graduation, my football coach, my high school football coach came up to me and just gave me a letter and said, here, I forgot to give this to you. I opened it up and they said, hey, we want you to come play football here. And I said, okay. So I went home that night and I said, mom, I'm going to North Park. She said, where is that? I go, I don't even know. Um, a lot of thought but I, the decision. Yeah, I, I just, I, I had no plan. Nobody was there to kind of help me with that. In fact, you know, I tell some of my students here at Central, if, uh, if somebody would have asked me when I was in high school where the University of Illinois was located, I wouldn't have been able to tell them that it was in Champaign-Urbana. I, I had no clue. Yeah. So um, I thank gosh, I, I love North Park. I, I had I built great friendships there. And, you know, the coaches, I, I still are friends with them. You know, Coach Bowen breaks at Marmion, uh, Coach Galante still coaching out in the city, and I see him at the clinics all the time. And, we, you know, we, we talk. It's just I was so thankful for North Park. Um, but I did injure myself my sophomore year. And, again, not having anybody to go to, I decided to transfer. 
which started this whole downward spiral of my education. I mean, it took me 10 years to get my bachelor's. Uh, I transferred to Northern and, you know, I didn't have football in my life for the first time. So I really struggled with that. I, I didn't, I didn't know what to do at three from three to five o'clock. So I wasn't at football anymore. So I, I didn't really do well at Northern. I, I made some bad educational decisions there. I actually just kind of stopped going. Um, I was just kind of lost. And, you know, when I tell my, again, when I tell my kids here at Central, when we talk about career paths, you know, when you're in high school and you start making $15 an hour, you think it's the most money you're ever going to make. Um, thankfully, I uh, kind of got hooked up with Elgin High School that year. Uh, I dropped my little brother off for practice and the, and the coach came up to me and I was still in somewhat some shape there. He goes, hey, are you a senior? You're going to play football? I go, no, I'm done. I, I'm way done. He's like, hey, you want to coach? And so started my coaching um, life. I, I started right out of college. So in 1996, I'll be at my fifth year being a head coach. This is my 22nd year in coaching. Uh, I kind of fell in love with it. You know, and I was just bouncing from job to job. And, you know, one of the things that I really liked about it was I was not in education. So if a friend said, hey, let's go here, I can, I had no ties to the school. I said, and I thought that that may be a better opportunity for me. I could go. So I spent four years at Elgin. Um, we just missed each other at St. Francis, Ryan, you and I. Um, one of my friends from Elgin went over to St. Francis, called me and said, hey, let's go. So I said, okay, when coached at St. Francis, I coached football and baseball there for four years. Um, we left, I left right the year before you guys came in. So were you, you were there for their state championship team? Mm -mm, they were that state championship team. They were freshmen my last year. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of got another opportunity with Bartlett High School. Uh, I, I thought it was closer. I had just gotten um, married. And so I did go to, I did go to Bartlett high school to be, I just had my son. So I was closer to the family. I, I didn't really like that very much, but at that same year, I found the job that was going to be my career for a while. Uh, I was making a lot of money. I was coaching football. It was awesome. The problem was I didn't like Bartlett very much. I hated my time there. Um, and I started to realize that I wanted to be more than just a coach. I wanted to be a coordinator. I wanted to be, you know, a head coach maybe, but I also knew I needed to be in a school to do that. So um, I tried to get out, of Bart uh, get out of Bartlett as quick as I could. So I sent my resume around and to the school that I might want to go. And that's where I met Ted Munkin, um, who's now on your staff. And Ted was the head coach okay. at St. Charles East. Oh, I know. What would we do? What do we do with them? And what do we do without them? I don't know. I love that man so much. Um, he really did change my life, but, uh, Ted called me and said, Hey, I, I have an assistant job. So I went, I drove over to St. Charles East one day after work and it was probably one of the most intense interviews I've ever had in my life. He threw me through just like Ted Munkin would. He threw me a marker and put me on the whiteboard and said, let's talk football. And that was my interview. And by the end I was hired. I love St. Charles East so much. Um, it, it really made me the coach that I am. The most important thing about that was I was able to bring my dad with me. So um, Ted was looking for a, uh, a retired guy that, you know, just could be the equipment manager. So I was like, my dad just sits there and watches the paint dry, you know? <laughs> so um, 
uh, you know, my dad agreed to do it. He would ride around in the gator. <laughs> I'll never forget this. He would ride around the gator before every practice and set every coach's drills up except for mine. But, you know, of so. Course. Oh, yeah, it was great. Um, the, the kids loved them. The coaches loved them. You know, I feel like, Ted, and I tell Ted this, Ted saved my dad's life for five extra years. That's beautiful. So um, when I left St. Charles East, I'm sorry, back to the education part, then I realized I needed to get back in school. Mm -hmm. I still not had my bachelor's degree at that time. So I quickly finished my bachelor's degree in business because I was really close to that. And I decided that I wanted to go back to school to be a counselor. So I, I signed up to go to National Lewis. And again, just so people didn't make all these educational mistakes that I did, uh, did end up getting my counseling degree while I was at St. Charles East. I did my counseling internship at St. Charles East. I was ready to stay at St. Charles East the rest of my career. Like I loved it there. Yeah. Uh, Ted ended up leaving to Mattia and uh, I got a phone call from another one of our mutual friends, um, Bobby Bennett, and he called me and said, hey, I'm moving over to East Aurora and they need a defensive coordinator. Do you want to come? And I remember hanging up on him. I said, there's no uh, way I'm leaving St. Charles East to go to East Aurora. Uh, Kurt Becker called me that night, who was the head coach at East Aurora, and we talked and I, I felt like it was a really good move for me. I felt like I, my time at St. Charles East, I, the only way for me to be a better coach and be a better counselor was to really kind of go to school and do that. And I felt like East Aurora was my college, both as a counselor and as a football coach. You know, it was just such an amazing experience. I thought it was the greatest thing I've ever done. Uh, and then it got me where I ultimately wanted to be, which was a head coach here at Central. So it's been a long <laughs> a long, long journey but the coolest part about it is all the people I met like you or we've never coached together and we're really close or just you know going to a clinic and seeing all the people that you used to coach with yeah and they're just all it's just the big fraternity is really what it is uh, I love yeah. every minute of it it's it's pretty wild how our how our paths have crossed right in a ridiculous amount of ways and you know it, it just it finally takes you becoming a head coach, me becoming a head coach for, mm -hmm. for that to happen. You know, it's, it's wild, right? I mean, I started, You almost got that East Aurora job. Right. Yeah. So, you know, St. Francis, right? St. Francis with, with Coach Bennett, who's like a father figure to me. Mm -hmm. Me you too. Know, I, I leave, you go there, right? I, uh, Bobby goes up to St. Saint, to Saint Charles East. I never, mm -hmm. you know, Ted's head coach there. You know, now Ted's right. East Aurora, you know, and, um, you know, it's really no, no secret from the people that are kind of in the inner circle. You know, I was, I was mm -hmm. looking for more, wanted to become a head coach. And I realized right. to do that, especially in the Glenbards or, or anything in the areas that I'd want to become a head coach, mm -hmm. no athletic director, um, principal for that matter is going to give you a head coaching job unless you've had prior experience as a coordinator. Right. So and I wasn't getting it at St. Charles East at that time. Right. And, Which is okay. Not that I deserved it, but I, I needed to find it somewhere. Sure. And, and, that's, and that's the hard part is that when you go to established programs like so many in the western suburbs of Illinois, um, or just in, you know, Illinois in general, it's hard, right? You're not, mm -hmm. a coach isn't just going to let someone go. Right. You're just going to let someone go because you want to be the, a coordinator. So, yeah, so I, I kind of took the bull by the horns and went to talk to 
to Kurt Becker. And, and for mm -hmm. those of you who don't know, Kurt Becker's a former bear, you know, blocked for, blocked for Walter Payton, mm -hmm. and just an incredible man um, and built up the East Aurora program and really kind of helped Tony, who's the head coach now really kind of take it, take it by the wings and, and just let mm -hmm. it fly. Yeah. Um, when I, I'll say something to that too. Kurt Becker is like a second dad to me. Uh, I love that man dearly. You know, we, I talk about my, my three biggest mentors in football, it's Bobby Bennett, it's Ted Munkin, and Kurt Becker. Um, recently got married to my lovely, beautiful wife in, on New Year's Eve. And one of the coolest pictures I have is the three of them at my wedding and me. And it's just, they're way bigger than taller. Well, Ted, not, but uh, <laughs> Kurt's like 6'5". No. But uh, yeah, he's just a great man. And when, we, when I left East Aurora, I felt so passionately about Kukoc getting that job. Yeah. I remember calling the principal. I said, we built this so much. You have to give that job to Nick. You, I mean, you have to do it. Uh, not that that helped at all, but I felt like that was my, I did my due diligence because what we did at East Aurora, nobody will ever know. It, it was unbelievable. So far. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what, that, that program, that program is got, you know, Nick is, Nick is, is, is got all the right things in place and he's got mm -hmm. the kids bought in and that's definitely a sleeper type. They of love him. They love him. And, uh, but you know, you, you look at it from the standpoint that everyone's path a little bit different, right? We're, we're all making yeah. these sometimes, you know, irrational decisions, you know, these knee jerk, these knee jerk decisions. But I guess the goal was right. You, you just kept moving forward and right. kind of by happenstance, you come across, uh, you, you come across, you know, all these opportunities and you take it when it, when it presents itself and shoot, look, look where, look where it brought you. Um, yeah. It's, I, I kind of kick myself every day. Like, how did I get here? You know? And, um, but you know, and some of the people, they don't understand it. They don't understand the journey or, you know, or what it takes. You do. I think when you become Ryan, I, I, I struggled my first few years as a head coach. Um, Dude, because I, I didn't know. I went on, and not a lot of people know this, right? So I guess, you know, the, the two or three people that are eventually going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> I went on, I went on blood pressure medication. Really? First year, I was 31 years old and I had a quarterback controversy, maybe not as big as, uh, not as big as Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton. Uh, right, right. You know, Kyle is our quarterback, I did too. whatever, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and it got to the point where I was, I had no idea what an anxiety attack is or, mm -hmm. or, or a, a panic attack is. And all of a sudden I'm having them over high school quarterbacks, right? <laughs> I end up going yep. to the doctor and, and he's like, listen, your family's got a history of it, but you're, you're in pretty good shape and your, your, your weight's right where it should be. Your stress levels are too high. Take the medication. Take, I take the medication. I get some crazy rare side effect where my vision, because of the medication, I start, I start going, um, my vision started to go really blurry. Really? And my wife who, who, who was, who was working in the hospitals at the time as a nurse got onto one of their, their medication databases and saw this was a rare thing. And she's like, stop taking it, chill out, see what happens. And, and actually her words of chill out is, is kind of what, made me kind of pump the brakes and say, hold on a second. We're talking high school here. I mean, it's important and we love it. And you and I put so much of our heart into it in our time, right. but really at the cost of your health and well-being, it's just not, 
it's not worth it. So, yeah, that's it's that's scary. Um, you know, my my wife Lindsay, she basically said to me, "You only live once." So kind of like it's so so cliche, kind of you like just chill out. And it took me a second to say, "Whoa!" Like I feel, you know, my first year, Ryan, I went from like the fun you know, assistant coach to the deep fun defensive coordinator to now I'm the head coach and I wasn't the fun guy anymore. And I didn't know how to handle that. I I didn't even know where to stand on the sidelines because I wasn't calling the defense. I wasn't calling an offense. So I didn't want to get in their way. So I was just kind of pinballing back and forth. Yeah. Um, And I I did, I had a quarterback controversy too, and I couldn't sleep at night. I used to care about every single thing that anybody said. And it took me five years and I, I, that's fine. You can tell me. It's it's amazing. The, the head basketball coach here, the head basketball coach at Glenbard South, Wade Harkey, said to me, maybe year three, sees me in passing. He's like, how you doing, man? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. He's like, you kind of figuring things out. You know, you get in the flow of things. I'm like, yeah, it gets easier and easier every year. He goes, yeah, you know, the first year, someone's going to throw a shoe at you, and it's going to hit you right in the back of the head. Yeah. The second year, you're going to see someone pick up the shoe so you can duck. The third year, you're going to be able to talk people, talk to people, and, and establish programs and uh, specific parameters so that no one has to pick up the shoe to throw it at anybody. Right. So, True statement. Yeah. You know, so you know, let's let's you, you hit on you hit on your 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 family, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, they they sacrifice, don't they, for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I have uh, two. I have a 13 and 11 year old from my previous marriage. Uh, and I just adopted uh, two of my wife's six-year-old twins. And, you know, I, what's been nice about this pandemic is I've never been able to coach my kids, nor have I really kind of wanted to. I know that I think you do. Right. I, I just always felt like I didn't want to – I just wanted to sit back and watch because I don't get to do that a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I could probably make a lot of mistakes there too. You know, you think about it now. But I got to coach the six-year-old twins baseball team. Oh, man. Control chaos. <laughs> oh, youthful, youth coaches are godsend angels. Like, I, I went – we have our 20 contact days, and I went from contact practice last night, and I went right to their game. And there's kids playing with the dirt. And, you know, I just I, – it took me a while to adjust. I don't know how parents do it. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they sacrificed so much. One of the first things I did actually to help them when I got the job and I took this from Kurt Becker is I made a family and friends end zone uh, by our scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that whoever comes to our games, uh, my friends, my family, anybody else, all my coaches, families are allowed down there. They, we give them lanyards. We make them, we give them sideline passes so they can walk 30 to the 30 just so they can kind of, you know, engross themselves in the experience of a Friday night, other than just sitting in the stands. Right. It's been a huge popular hit. The kids are all running in the end zone down there. Um, you know, it's the, the wives love it because they can just you know, sit there and talk and not hear that we stink and all yeah. of that. So. And it's, you know, it's, you know, it's such a, right. It's always like this passion project being a head, being a head coach, mm-hmm. uh, for, for football mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, with as active as my children are and, and, and your kids, you know, the, the, the term a football widow really does come into mm-hmm. really
really doesn't come into play, you know, for, for that month yeah. or so in the summer and then shoot from August, you know, all the way through the end of the season. Hopefully that's yep. in uh, late November. And, you know, now that we're on the flip side of it, right, because of the pandemic in Illinois, we're not playing football, right. um, you know, hopefully pushing that to the spring. Um, you know, you kind of get the other taste of it, right? I'm going home. Helping the kids with their with their schoolwork, making sure everything's been turned in and submitted, you know, helping start with dinners, you know, and there's been times, you know, the first couple of weeks where I'm like, I'm calling my wife and I'm like, Kristen, I don't like this. I know. I do remember what I used this. to do on Fridays? That's what I always say. Do you remember what I used to do on Fridays? <laughs> so, you know, it's it's given me more of a perspective, but um, mm -hmm. you know, you know, from let's let's look at this from from the academic perspective. Yeah. Um you know, how have your students that you're working with, and I know you see such a large array of kids, you know, how, how have your kids handled, handled the, the pandemic and, and, and this new learning format? Well, we're hybrid at Central, so um, they can choose. They can choose hybrid, they can choose full remote, uh, or you know, that's one or the other. So, you know, our, I, I say it all the time, Central is such a high academic school. I can't imagine being a high school kid and having like a 3.9 GPA and being ranked in the bottom 50% of my class. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have here at Central. So our students have adapted really well. Um, it was a struggle from March to, you know, started to shut down to the summer. That's where everybody struggled. Now that there's more structure here, uh, as far as, you know, when they go to and what you know that it does count like assignments do count they've, they've done fine um, it, I feel bad for them I see it all I see the six-year-olds I see my kids who are 11 13 who are struggling and then I see the high school kids so I have all you know the, the whole spectrum of it right it's just hard it, it's you know I can't I'm it's it's such know. a tough balance too yeah. if, you're, if you're an administrator you know, if you're an administrator, you, you got to look out for the, the collective, right? The whole, yeah. Being of everybody. And, and if you're a parent, you know, me from a parent's perspective, I see my eight-year-old and my 11-year-old, my eight-year-old is struggling like heck mm -hmm. the first couple weeks. And, you know, you start thinking we got to get in school, mm -hmm. you know, and you could totally right. understand how parents feel that way, you know. And, you know, I, I look at it from my small world of being a a special educator for students with emotional disabilities. Right. Those, those kids, those, that, that small population of, you know, whether you call it life skills, you know, the kids with intellectual disabilities, cognitive disabilities, you know, and some of the learning disabilities, it's like, we got, we got to get these kids in somehow to provide them yeah. more structure. But in the same breath, in the same breath, you know, you can't guarantee someone's not going to pick up the, this, this virus. Right. Um, and that's, and that's tough. Now let's talk from the football perspective. Yeah. I mean, shoot, you go back to, you go back to March, you know, the conversations that we have are like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> and you and I you talk, before you right, I'm sorry, but before to get to the, get to that part of it, go back to the academic piece real quick. Yeah. Central is amazing. what we're able to do because we're a small school right and we you know one of the things I, i'm trying to change is people would say small school from the cornfields well really not we go all the way into elgin to randall road to st charles you know that's why we're called central 
Um, all the interventions uh, that we're able to do, if, if something doesn't work, it's not like we have to go ask for permission. We're given the, the authority to just say, hey, let's try this instead. Yeah. And they're like, okay, as long as it works. So we've had to do that more recently and it's been awesome. Um, it's just nice that we can, we have that support to be able to do anything we need to do. So. And, and we're, we're in the same boat with, with the district. I'm in with the Glenbards. It's, you know, it, it's really what we're, we're creating, we're creating what the kids need when they need it. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and the teachers, the workload and the workflow has been so different. Yeah, I feel bad for the teachers. I'm not going to lie. That there's, my wife gets home every day who's a teacher and she passes out. You know, I can't oh, imagine. The, yeah. the planning, the planning would go from, you know, last year for the week, you know, take three to four hours to plan for the, for the week, for the next right. week. And now you're, now that doubles easily. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is, right? We got to be able to provide an education and continue the curriculum uh, for, for the kids, you know, and prepare yeah. them for that next step, whatever mm -hmm. that may be. Um, but it's, you know, it's from my small world of special education, you know, you, you, adv you have to advocate for these kids and do your best to, you know, right. you know can, we, can we get them in the building, right? So I'm looking at it from this small ground level perspective and you bring it to an administrative perspective and their, their view is going to be different than mine. They can see right. my spot because they've been there before, before they became the administrator, they've seen it from that ground floor. Yeah. And, and now it's, it's, you know, it's weird. You walk the hallways, there's stickers all over the floors, right? I know. It's, too, yeah. it's, it's a totally different world. Yeah, but, it really uh, is. It really is. From, from the athletic standpoint, man, you know, how, how have you let's just let's just fast forward to your contact days yeah what's what what have you what have you been doing to to get these kids you know ready schematically technique wise all those things well I, it's just so nice to be back on the field it really is and i think you texted me probably a couple of weeks ago just how much you truly appreciate it when it's gone and we say that all the time yeah. but we're living it right now and then you get it back and oh yeah this is what i'm supposed to be um, this right. is my office. Uh, you know, we had a great summer. We did everything virtually. We installed everything we needed to install. We watched more film than we were able to ever as a program. You know, we, we taught the kids how to, to watch the film. We taught the kids how to read the playbook, you know, understand their opponents. So these contact days have actually been pretty smooth. We're able to just kind of, but we haven't seen them since July. So we ended in July. Um, we just were done. You know, we can't sit there and watch kids do push-ups on Zoom anymore. You know, the kids were done with Zoom. We were done with Zoom. They're seniors, you know. So we did shut it down in July. Um, so we're, we didn't give them equipment. I don't want to give them equipment in case we don't play. Um, and, you know, then you have to sanitize everything. We're not able to fundraise this year. Right. So I, I don't – I wouldn't even have the money to do that. So we just made a collective effort not to give equipment. Um, there, everything's on air, which is fine. We don't really need to do anything in any way close to each other. You can still be a football coach. You just have to adjust. Yeah. What's crazy is we're finally in the weight room. And the way we do our rotations in the weight room, we're, myself and the coaches that are with me, we're just workers. We, we, we have hand sanitizer or we have spray disinfectant in one hand and towels in the other. And coach, it's just a coach come sanitize coach come sanitize so i told my seniors the other day i go is this fun for you 
is this fun for you to just call my name and point, you know? So, and they said that, yes, it was very much. Um, but basically, like if player A is lifting, squatting, let's say player B and C have to uh, spot from the side. Right. So when player A rests, player B and C do their supplement lifts. I probably said that wrong. Then player A squats again. So player A has to go three times, and then we disin disinfect everything. Dumbbells, you know, plates, bars, benches, and then they rotate. So it's, you know, we, we added that into our practice plans as well. We, you know, there's a 10-minute break, which when do you ever get a 10-minute break during football? We have to sit there and let the ball sanitize and the equipment sanitize. And yeah. so it's just different. And the kids have been great. Sure. You know, they keep their masks up. They, they social distance. Yeah, they just I want to be out there too. The, the thing for us is, I, you know, it's interesting to hear so many different perspectives on how programs are using their time. Um, you know, it depends on the district, right? It depends on what the district and schools are going to allow you to do. Right. Um, but, you know, for, to, I think to get the most, the most out of your time, we're really just going to focus on things on the field, just mm -hmm. on the field. Uh, yeah. Be able to be able to film as much as possible. You know, we're, we're going to be doing things on air and we can use sleds and um, we can use sleds. We can hit the, the blocking pads. It can't be, can't be held by anybody. But, you know, put them on the sleds, mm -hmm. do it that way. Um, but, you know, the things that, the things that, that we're going to do is we're going to film as many segments as possible. And Coach Munkin and, and Ted had a great idea. You know, nothing's guaranteed for us in Illinois that we're going to be able to play football this whole year. Right, right. Um, but we need to do right for our kids, especially those that have the opportunity to play college ball. You know, so we're going to film as many That's seconds. That's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ted said, you know what? Let's give them 15 minutes at the end of practice where they can take their phones out and they can film themselves doing various drills. And then they can put together their own highlight film to send out. Second week, we're going to be able to do seven on seven. So, um, so, so we're going to be able to film the heck out of that. And the kids to be able to put a huddle highlight together to send out, um, you know, because Illinois, especially in the Big Ten, the MAC, D2s, I mean, shoot, just there's so many D3s in this concentrated area in D2. Right, right, right. Concentrated area that they're not going to abandon Chicagoland mm -mm. when it comes to recruiting. Uh, but we got to give these kids every opportunity. Yeah, we're going to be on the back burner for sure. And, 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 you know, it's one of my passions. And one of my philosophies is to change the lives uh, of these young athletes through football. And just like mine was when I got that letter from North Park. So our big push, our, our, my staff is phenomenal, by the way. Like I talk like I do a lot of this. It's all them. You know, they, they do, you know, I have Kevin Sabo uh, and Brian Yossi who run this football academy. And um, they just hired our new D-line coach who we stole from Huntley, Ben Solomon, who's one of the best D-line coaches in the area. Uh, we also stole the Huntley quarterback coach this offseason, too. So we stole two coaches from our rival, Huntley. Uh, he was the run game coordinator and quarterback coach. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I have, you know, Nick Scaleri, who is, you know, my, my guy, and he always will be, who played at North Dakota State, and my defense coordinator, um, who kind of Ted's little protege, Ted Munkin's little protege. They get along so well. And – Sco calls him his spirit animal, but you know we have so much crossover, right? And our our staffs, but 
when we talk about college, we have all these connections through my staff too, through right. Fitz Football Academy and, you know, the connections that we build as head coaches with the college staffs. But I never even thought of that videotaping. That's a great idea. And yeah. we'll talk to my guys today about it. There's no playbook. There's absolutely no playbook of being a head football coach in a pandemic. No. And everybody looks to you like you know every single answer, and you don't. But uh, I read an article this morning that just said, just keep leading. You know, you're a head coach lead, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all we can do is keep them engaged any way that we right. can you know, and, and stay up on the recruiting stuff and, and any coaches mm -hmm. ears and, and, you know, and, and just like you mentioned with the staffs, the staff is, is, is the heartbeat of, 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 of it all. Right. right. I'm, I'm at the point now where, um, you know, we have a core of coaches. We have a core of coaches, you know, the, 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 the 12 other guys that I work with where I don't have to bat an eye. You know, I don't, I don't have to feel like I need to look over my shoulder. It's, right. it's, you know, you take their input because they're passionate about their, their positions. You know, you take out, you know, their input, you know, you instill it based off of what you want. Right. And, and you just, you let them, you let them go, you let them work. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you can have coaches you trust to get a job done. Yeah, it is. It really, really is. I would agree with that more than you can even think right now. So I'm, I'm right in it. You know, I'm right in it. Yeah. So what's what's uh, what what's the next step? What's the next step for 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 you from an academic perspective and and from from the coaching perspective? Yeah. Horizons here. You know, you're all, as football coaches, we're always thinking about our next step, right? We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, I think that you know. My next step is I would love to one day be an athletic director. I would. I think that I would be good at it. Um, I would hire Brian Yossi as my head coach right now. You know, he's my assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, and then just kind of like when we left East Aurora and Ku Coach took it over, I would know it would be in good hands. Um, that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> I love doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I do want to go back to school. Um, you know, one of my dreams is to always go back to North Park and, and get a degree because I didn't finish from there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tell my mom that all the time. But then it's like, do I really want to drive to the city just to, like, accomplish a goal? Because <laughs> it seems so far away now. It's online. Yeah, but I do. I, I, I do want to finish there and get that degree. But, you know, I'm really happy in my position as a counselor. Uh, I love the people I work with. You know, they give me – I'm the only male in the, in the whole student services department. There's one other, but he's kind of a teacher too, so he doesn't really count. So, I mean, I just get made fun of all day, especially during football season, you know. So, uh, but I really, I enjoy it a lot. Um, as far as coaching, I, I'm, I'm really good here. I love, I love Central. Yeah. You know, you kind of always explore, explore what's out there, but it would have to, especially with my coaching staff, it would have to take an absolute perfect scenario for me to leave here. We're so close to being special, Ryan. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so close. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, there's something to say about that when you've got, um, when you have a, a school that's behind you, a community that's behind you, you yeah. it has to be that perfect situation. Yeah. And I took, I, I don't know if I said this, but when I got this job, I was the third head coach in three years. Mm. So it took me a long time to establish the philosophy and, you know, a lot of people fighting it and they didn't want to be on board. And, and finally we're, we're year five and it's like, oh man, we're here. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. So I, there's no way I'm leaving now. It took me this long to get here. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, really depends on what my, what my kids are doing, you know, when they get to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if my son decides to play football when he gets to high school, I'm going to be really hard pressed to continue to coach. I know. I know. know? And, and where uh, is he going to go? Uh, probably Oswego East at this point, you okay. know, unless for some reason we, we move, but, um, right. you know, somewhere, somewhere out, you know, at, at Oswego East and, um, you know, it's for me, you know, I look at it from this perspective. I, I love football, but man, I love, I love my kids and I want to see them, my own children develop and, and, and play the sports and do the activities that they love. And I don't, you know, I've been in a position where I haven't had to miss any games uh, or, or, but it's dance, common. or dances and, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And, um, but, you know, it, 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 at some point where I'm going to have to make that choice, do I, you know, do I, do I leave practice a little early? And that's a blessing when you got the staff that I do and the staff that you do, where if you right. have to leave early, you can. Right. You know, and it's, it's going to be few and far between, but, you know, and then like you said, the administrator perspective at some point, you know, I would, I would, I would strongly consider pursuing a path as a principal. I don't think I would want to do it at the high school level, you know, middle school, elementary school level, um, you know, smaller kids, smaller problems. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would love, I would love to have to uh, break up an argument between who stole my string cheese or who took my Cheetos as opposed to some of the stuff that right. we face at the high school level. Yeah. But, uh, it's just us as, as football coaches, we're just constantly – we can't sit still in the first place. So we're, I'm always thinking about it. I'm always thinking about it. We all, we all have a certain level of, of ADD or ADHD when yeah. it comes to mm-hmm. getting things done. Right. Right, and it's a blessing and a curse. It really is. It, it is. absolutely is. True statement. Well, brother, I, I really appreciate yeah. you. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me and, and, and kind of sharing – sharing your uh, your knowledge and your experience with everyone and and we hopefully can can have you back on here yeah you know and thank you just for all of your new listeners just know that um ryan is, is a good friend of mine and you know we've built this relationship not ever working together and when i needed somebody when was it ryan a couple of years ago uh and i just needed to talk to somebody who could understand what i was going through as a head coach I called him at like well, it was seven o'clock at night one night and I was just sitting in the barbershop as my kids got their haircuts just yeah, pouring my heart out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not me. I'm bald. But uh, that's the type of person that he is and the friend that he is. And I will always appreciate that phone call and our relationship. So appreciate that, man. All right. Appreciate that. I'd like to thank everyone for Listening to the first podcast, I'd like to thank Brian Melvin for joining me. Uh, it was great talking to him and hearing his perspective on things. Hey, please make sure you subscribe and leave some comments. Uh, I'd uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate any constructive criticism to make these better as we go along. And uh, until next time, take care.